Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and uh, it's good to be back on the air. As uh, I'm sure most of you realize by now, it's been a few weeks since I've been on the air, and um, I'll, I'll explain that in just a moment, what, uh, what's what been happening here the last couple of weeks, but uh, nothing urgent, but uh, it's actually quite humorous. But anyways, um, glad you could tune in tonight. Um, just waiting for uh, one of my panelists to, uh, to connect on here in just a few moments, but... Um, as I said, it's great to be back on the show, Golf Talk Live. It's It's been a few weeks. And for those of you just tuning into the broadcast, we are live Thursdays from uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Central or 7 to 9 uh, for those of you on the East Coast. And um, normally uh, what I would suggest that you do is is uh, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Golf Talk Live or just type Golf Talk Live up in the search key. And that will take you to the main page, and you can join us uh, live on Thursday night. Uh, but for some reason, if you can't join us live, just go to that link, blogtalkradio.com forward slash golftalklive, and just scroll down to the on-demand section, and uh, that will host uh, all of the uh, previously aired broadcasts, and you can listen to the recorded version uh, when it's convenient for you. Uh, but I want to thank you for those of you tuning in live tonight. Um, got a great show for you tonight. Had a little bit of a change, uh, may even be a further change uh, yet, depending on uh, whether my other panelist is going to make it here. Um, I scheduled really two guys tonight uh, on the panel discussion for Coach's Corner. Uh, Clint Wright, of course, who's been on here many, many times, and also uh, Tony Brooks, another great golf professional. Uh, Tony had to, to back out, had a little bit of a, a, a urgent matter that had to deal with, and uh, which he's currently doing so right now and isn't going to be able to join us tonight. So I'm just waiting for Clint to uh, to chime in here. We'll begin the Coach's Corner uh, discussion with Clint and I tonight, I guess. Uh, and then a little bit later on in the show, on the second half, uh, a couple of great uh, PGA guys. Tom Stickney, first time on the show. He's the director of operations for the Vedanta uh, Golf Academies in Mexico. And uh, Mr. Chuck Evans, of course, most of you are familiar with him, uh, that tune into the regular to the broadcast. He's the executive director of instruction for Medicus Golf Academies and, of course, the owner of uh, Chuck Evans Golf. Um, they're going to be joining me in the second half together. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of the evolution, I guess, if you will, of the uh, golf instruction, where it sort of began and, and uh, where, it's, uh, where it's at right now. Lots of uh, great, exciting things happening. And uh, we're going to talk about that uh, when those guys join me in. And we're going to hear a little bit more about uh, uh, Tom's uh, academies there at the Vedanta Golf uh, uh, facilities there in Mexico. Some great resorts down there. We'll get him to chime in a little bit about those and and then uh, we'll give you the website and that so you can go and check out some of the great uh, opportunities if you want to maybe take a trip uh, uh, either this fall or maybe in the new year. Uh, some great golf down there at those uh, golf academies and, of course, some fantastic resorts at the Vedanta uh, Resort. So 
uh, we'll talk about that. Um, but as I said, uh, glad that you're joining me live. Uh, some other ways to get updated, of course, on social media. Uh, you can go to facebook.com uh, and you can check out the Golf Talk Live page, which is Golf Talk Live blog, actually. Uh, and that is updated up there, of course, on my personal page. It's always updated every week uh, that I'm on the show. And then, of course, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO. CEO, of course, is in capital letters, and that's my Twitter handle. So thank you uh, for all of those that you follow through on Twitter. Um, as I was mentioning a few moments ago, uh, of course, I haven't done a show here, uh, either of the shows, actually, the Tuesday morning show either, uh, for a couple of weeks. Cindy, of course, uh, who most of you know, is my co-host on the Women of Golf show, which airs 9 to 10 a.m. Tuesday mornings. Uh, Cindy's been really swamped with a number of things going on, and uh, I've been actually a little under the weather. Uh, earlier in October, very early in October, I uh, went to Las Vegas for a short trip and ended up contracting a virus, which has pretty much wiped me out for the last couple of weeks. So this is really the first uh, week that I've been back on air. Uh, so I'm a little bit rusty, so forgive me, and uh, just trying to get back into it. And as I said, I'm just waiting for uh, Clint to... Uh, excuse me, to come on board, and uh, we'll begin the Coach's Corner segment. But let me just, a couple other things I want to mention. Since we're winding down, pardon me, since we're getting really close to winding down the season for for some of you out there, especially up in the northeastern part of the United States, um, some things to take note. Um, Lots of great indoor facilities around. One of the things I think some of the biggest problems that a lot of golfers out there have is they, they get into sort of those the winter funk, if you will, uh, not everybody has the opportunity to make it down to uh, Florida where I am or, or some of the other uh, sunnier spots here in the southeast. And uh, so they're kind of hibernating, if you will, for the winter. And, and that's really not a, a conducive to having a good golf game. You've got to be willing to, to put some time in through the winter months as well. And there's a number of things that you can do. We've talked about many things on the show. Let me just sort of give you a quick overview of some things that you can do while you're uh, hibernating in the winter, if you will. First off, number one, uh, always continue to uh, have some sort of a physical fitness regime. Uh, certainly don't have to hit the, the weights heavy. Um, certainly don't recommend that actually if you want to play golf because heavy weights is certainly not going to help your golf game Uh, but certainly some sort of a fitness program Uh, Brett Cohen uh, uh, most of you know uh, was a fitness instructor who was on uh, back late September Uh, he has some great um, uh, great fitness programs uh, out there lots of other great yoga programs as well that you can get into Uh, I've had some great guests on on the show uh, talking about that as well so there's a lot of great fitness opportunities out there and uh, you can certainly visit some of uh, those guys uh, Brett Cohen is one visit his website um, Catherine Roberts of course has been on the show she has a uh, uh, great uh, golf for yoga uh, program and Karen Palacios Jansen also has some great fitness uh, programs and another gentleman that uh, has been on the show hasn't been on for uh, a little while uh, Bob Foreman uh, from up uh, in uh, I believe North Carolina has uh, carolinagolffit.com, uh, I believe, is his website. So lots of great uh, fitness instructors out there in golf that you can uh, visit their, their website and uh, or certainly reach out to them, and they can uh, put you in touch with some good programs to do. So that's number one, is you want to have a good fitness program uh, throughout the winter months. If you're in a, an area that uh, gets you know laden with, with some heavy snow, there are some indoor facilities in your area. You just have to uh, check your local listings, uh, maybe get on uh, and Google uh, some golf centers uh, in your area that, that have some indoor facilities. And uh, if you're working with a, with a great uh, golf professional, golf coach, if you will, 
Um, a lot of them, of course, have uh, some good indoor facilities, or they may know of one that you can work together uh, and get in some some uh, practice time uh, through the winter months. Uh, but if you don't have access to that, or maybe you just don't feel like venturing out into the into the, the colder temperatures, um, some things that you can do inside the house. I've, I've said this many, many times, some things that I do. Uh, I happen to have a full-length mirror uh, in my place, and what I do a lot of times is uh, I certainly don't uh, swing full force with the golf clubs, but I'll take some of my shorter irons particularly, and I'll just sort of very slowly go through the mechanics uh, and work on some of the fundamentals. I'll work on my grip. I'll work on my stance and posture. Check my alignment in the mirror. Um, sometimes I'll even run a, a bead of tape down uh, just so that I can uh, – down the center of the mirror just so I can uh, make sure that I'm um, centered properly. Uh, also, uh, I can uh, – get a golf ball and, and set up to a golf ball and just check the ball position, make sure that's good as well. Um, but the other thing that I, I like to do is I like to work through the actual full swing. Again, I don't use, I don't swing uh, per se because I am indoors. And even though I do have enough uh, height clearance for it. Um, but what I, what I like to do is I will uh, in slow motion, just kind of go through all and check the different points to see, make sure that I'm uh, loading up properly my backswing, make sure my weights properly shifted onto my right side and then as I work and transition down through the, the downswing, make sure that it's starting from feet, uh, my feet first, of course, uh, making sure that they're planted properly and that there's a, a proper transition uh, into the downswing and then into the fall through. I want to make sure I'm holding my uh, position correctly. So um, those are things that you can do inside. Um, the other thing is some great stretching. Uh, stretching, I mean, a lot of times, as I said, when you're not out there swinging a golf club for a long time and maybe you don't, as I said, have access to a, a great golf facility, uh, indoors uh, or aren't able to venture uh, here down south, um, doing some great stretching uh, inside as well keeps those muscles loose and limber um, so that when you do get back out and, and working on your golf game in the springtime, uh, your muscles are in good shape and, and they're not all tight and tense and sort of locked up from sitting in the in the lazy boy for, for three or four or five months, depending on where you are. Um, but if you do have an opportunity uh, to venture into a warmer climate, I strongly urge that you do so. Make sure you pack the sticks, of course. Um, you may want to get involved in a, a clinic of some sort. Check with some of your uh, local PGA professionals. Many of them venture down here uh, to warmer climates and actually have academies and clinics that they uh, perform here in the southeastern part of the United States and obviously out in California as well. Uh, my good friend, Mr. Byron Casper, uh, son of legendary Billy Casper, uh, has a great academy out there uh, under... Uh, uh, under a Sandy and in San Diego area as well. So uh, you might want to check him out if you're going to be out in the California area as well. Um, but lots of great things that you can do. And uh, I strongly uh, suggest that you keep doing that um, throughout the winter months. And if you get a chance to do some traveling uh, elsewhere, maybe you want to check out a great resort, uh, see what their facilities are like, and maybe even call ahead and see what kind of a program they offer, maybe a, a winter tune-up, if you will, a lot of times, some of the uh, professionals, golf professionals and coaches will have a, a tune-up, if you will, uh, available for a winter tune-up uh, and get practice on some of the fundamentals and, and some of the areas that you might be struggling with so that when you come back and you're ready to transition back into spring and, uh, and get back into your, your full golf regimen, um, you're, not, uh, you know, you're not sort of starting from, from ground zero again. So those are some things that you can do. And obviously, another thing that goes hand-in-hand hand with the fitness end of it is good nutrition. Um, more often than not, I see a lot of golfers out there that, that end up um, you know, having some poor 
uh, poor eating habits. Uh, I'll admit from time to time I snack on some things I probably shouldn't and are not conducive, but I try to, when I, when I go out and play golf, I always try to make sure that I have a good breakfast and that I also uh, pack some snacks that are nutritious, that are going to give me uh, good energy, not hype me up with uh, sugars or, or carbohydrates that are not going to be good for me. I want to make sure I eat some protein. Uh, so I might pack uh, maybe some nutrition bars, uh, that sort of thing, maybe some uh, a small uh, baggie with some, some nuts in there, like uh, almonds are really, really good. Um, obviously, uh, I don't want to have them heavy salted or anything like that, but those are some good things that you can take with you, some snacks. Um, I might even, uh, depending on what the temperature's like, uh, or what uh, what I bring with me. Sometimes I have a little cooler bag I bring with me that I can put some ice in there, and I might sit on top of it, uh, on top of the ice, because I don't want it to get frozen, obviously. I might even throw a banana in there sometimes. That's uh, good uh, good for you as well. It uh, gives you some good energy, good vitamin D uh, in bananas. So uh, lots of good things that you can do. Jack Nicholas, of course, uh, Golf My Way, talked about um, – you know, eating properly, not only at breakfast uh, before you go out to your round, but packing some some nutritious snacks along the way as well. Um, as I said, I'm not sure what's, uh, what's happening for this evening here. It looks like Clint may be delayed as well. I have uh, messaged him, uh, and we'll see. Uh, hopefully, he'll come, in, come on board. It's going to be a long hour uh, here by myself. But um, anyways, uh, lots of good things that you can do to, to prepare and one of the things that I'm looking at doing for next year, just uh, since we've got some time here, um, obviously I want to continue on with with Coach's Corner and uh, have some great success. Everybody that's participated enjoys it. And uh, we're going to be hopefully adding some new people to the mix uh, in the new year as well that haven't been on here before. Uh, one of the guys that we had on here uh, has been on a few times that jumped in the mix this year was uh, Brandon Stukesbury from uh, uh, Macon, Georgia. He's been on here. He's been a great uh, great asset to the panel, uh, as well as been a, a phenomenal guest. And enjoy uh, having him on the panel. I look forward to having him uh, join us next year. And uh, Chuck Evans, of course, who's going to be joining me a little bit later on with uh, Tom Stickney. Uh, Chuck has been on a panel uh, here or there and has also been a guest on the show. And uh, look forward to uh, catching up with him and seeing what he's uh, been up to for the last little while. I haven't talked to him for a little bit, but um, looking forward to having him come on the show as well. Uh, again, I apologize uh, for the delay in, in getting things started here. As I said, I'm not sure what's happened um, with Clint. I imagine he's probably running late. Uh, I know that uh, he's a busy guy, and, and um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully he'll join us here. Uh, otherwise, I guess I'll be managing the, uh, the Coach's Corner segment myself, tonight, <laughs> which wouldn't be the first time. Um, some other things that I want to do too, while I, while I've got your uh, attention out there. And again, I apologize for the delay. Uh, for those of you in the golf industry, if you're interested in coming on the show and you'd like to be a guest, uh, whether, uh, a guest on the coach's corner panel, or, uh, maybe if you're interested in, in being a featured guest on the second half of the show, um, I'm working towards, uh, my new year schedule right now for 2017. So, uh, best way to do it, you can certainly reach out to me in multiple uh, forums. Uh, I'm obviously on Facebook, so you can reach out to me at my personal Facebook page. Um, but the best way to reach me and, and to indicate uh, your willingness to come on the show and, and share your, your thoughts and, and experience is you can reach out to my email address. My email address is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. That's ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And uh, reach out to me, and you don't necessarily have to be a golf instructor. You can be somebody in the golf industry. Maybe you work at a, uh, a resort that you want to promote. 
maybe you work in a different uh, capacity. Maybe you offer uh, products in the golf industry um, that you would like to come on and share with my audience. Uh, obviously, I'm uh, broadcasting to a global audience, so it gives you some great exposure. Um, so whatever you capacity in the golf industry, maybe you're in the fitness uh, end of it as well. Uh, always glad to have more fitness uh, men and women come on the show and, and share some of their uh, approaches to how they help uh, players get in shape for the game. And uh, maybe you're a player. Maybe you're somebody that's playing on one of the tours. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be one of the major tours, uh, PGA or LPGA. Um, we've interviewed, of course, Sydney and I have interviewed on the Women of Golf Show many, many Symmetra Tour players as well as some LPGA players uh, on the program as well. Some up-and-comers. Some have played... Uh, for a few years on the tour and some have just uh, come out here in the last year or so and uh, testing their, uh, their medal, if you will, against some of the top ladies uh, in their field. Uh, also, maybe you're on one of the junior tours, web.com or uh, some of the other um, local tours out there and you'd like to come on the show and maybe share your story and your journey. Uh, I'd love to have uh, a young player come on here uh, and share some of their thoughts about how, how it really is, how life is out on tour and some of the struggles and ups and downs that you're faced with uh, week in, week out. Um, so again, you can reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com and I'll be more than happy to uh, to set that up. Um, I'm going to uh, just take a moment here if I can and I'm going to very quickly try and reach out to Clint one more time and just see, obviously, that uh, appears to be a, a problem that he... Uh, Maybe running into, so I'm just going to very quickly, if you bear with me here, um, and just uh, send him a quick message uh, via email, and we'll see uh, if there's a, a delay uh, in uh, in him coming on tonight. Uh, if there's going to be a further delay, rather, on him coming out. Um, but as I said, I got two great guests coming on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to them and having them share uh, some of the really differences that have been uh, changing in the golf industry over the years. Uh, golf instruction today, as opposed to um, you know 20, 30 years ago, is certainly much, much different, much more technology. Uh, lots of swing theories that have uh, come out, if you will, and over the years. Um, some subscribe specifically to different theories. Some sort of have a mixed bag, if you will, of, of using and applying different theories. Uh, and some, of course, just um, sort of have their own approach on how they teach. So it really doesn't matter. It, it really, what matters, I think, is the receptiveness, number one, of the student uh, to learning new things uh, and the willingness to engage uh, with the instructor. One of the things, if I was to have... Uh, a couple of criticisms. One of them would be, uh, for students that is, uh, is they're not sometimes engaging enough. I think through uh, maybe a little, they're a little intimidated sometimes, especially working for the first time with a, with a, a teacher professional or a coach. Um, a lot of times they're very, very intimidated and not uh, always, uh, always eager to, to sort of jump in there and a little apprehensive to ask questions. What I always like to do is this. I think this is probably one of the best piece of advice I think you'll ever get uh, for, for a beginning golfer that has never taken lessons before. Um, a lot of times, as I said, many uh, 
players, if you will, are, are very nervous and very apprehensive once they get sort of face and, uh, face-to-face with the instructor and they're not sure what to ask. So what I always recommend to people after we've had our sort of initial meeting and, and uh, uh, sort of set things up and gotten a game plan together, I always encourage them to go home uh, away from the golf course and think about some of the things that are important to them, um, some things that they would like to, to accomplish, maybe some um, goals that they would like, and we can certainly smooth them out as time goes on as we work together um, and, and refine and, and, and that sort of thing. But uh, I think sometimes when you're away from the moment, it's easier uh, to be able to formulate those questions in your mind and jot them down, write them down, um, you know, on a piece of paper or, you know, if you're using a, a, a cell phone or a tablet or something like that, you know, you can type them into your tablet uh, in your uh, in your uh, list and just sort of some quick bullet points of things that you want to talk about, maybe questions that you, you want to make sure that you ask when you come to your uh, to the lesson T. And I think that the more prepared that you are uh, coming to a lesson, the better experience that you're going to have. Uh, more often than not, as I said, you get a lot of, especially uh, younger golfers or first-time uh, golfers that come out to, uh, to the lesson tee, more often than not, don't know what to ask. And they're very, very apprehensive, very quiet. And it isn't until they've been with you a few times that they sort of warm up. And I think you really need to get some of these things sort of off your chest right from the get-go. Because a lot of times, um, if we're not understanding exactly where you're coming from, it makes it hard for us to be able to sort of um, pick your brains, if you will, if, if we don't know what's inside there. So um, the more help that you can give us to better understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish, um, we can certainly see visually um, once we you know, diagnose some of the issues that you may be dealing with. Uh, but that may be not all that you want worked on. Maybe there's certain areas of your game that you really want to focus on uh, and you want to make sure that's uh, made clear right up front. Um, those of you that uh, maybe have been playing for a little while, it's good sometimes just to jot those questions down, uh, especially, if, again, for those of you that are going to be hibernating here in a few months. Um, come spring, you, you might have some things and thoughts right now of what you want to accomplish next year, but through the fog of, of Christmas and, and everything else going on into spring, uh, by that time rolls around, you've, you've kind of lost your train of thought. So uh, it might be a good idea to jot some of those points down now, and if you're currently working with somebody, whether it be a, a, a teacher professional or a golf coach, um, it might be good to sort of talk about those things uh, um, at the end of the season uh, this year and say, you know, these are some of the things that I want us to look uh, into next year when I come back and we continue on the process. And if there's things that, that he or she can give you through some of these dormant months to be working on in preparation for that, even better. Uh, so I strongly recommend that you do that. Um, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but let me apologize. I'm not sure, as I said, what's happened uh, with Clint here, I suspect that he's run into uh, an issue here. So it looks like we're probably not going to have a coach's corner um, this evening. Um, so I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to save that for next week and uh, uh, the questions I had set aside. And, and really, just to give you a, sort of a heads up, we were going to talk about defining a coach's career. Uh, some of the things that uh, we're going to discuss, of course, some tips that that we as golf professionals might have received. In fact, I'm going to save some of these questions and ask uh, the guys uh, when they come on a little bit later on the second half of the show, um, Tom Stickney and Chuck Evans, and I'm going to save a few of these questions for them uh, and and talk about that. Um, 
let me also uh, remind you that one of the other things I think that you want to make sure that you do um, while you're working into your off season, uh, in addition to you know maintaining a good fitness routine, um, jotting some notes down uh, in preparation for next season, uh, maintaining a, a good healthy diet. Um, and uh, maybe working on some of the fundamentals in there um, is to watch some of the top players in the world. Um, obviously, golf now is pretty much going all year round. Uh, years ago, they used to sort of uh, close off in the fall, and you know you had a couple of months where there wasn't really any golf on TV. Um, but uh, through the expansion of, of the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour, they're pretty much going. Um, 12 months of the year now. So there's usually a golf tournament somewhere in the world. Um, try to watch them if you can. And, and again, I always encourage, um, especially beginning golfers to maybe have a, a pad of paper or something, uh, or whatever medium form that you want to use, whether it be a, as I said, a tablet or, or your cell phone, if you, you know, keep notes in there somewhere. Um, but certainly keep a pad of paper beside you. And as you're watching some of these players, if there's things that you don't understand or you see them doing, um, that might be something good, too, to jot those notes down uh, for questions that you might have with the professional that you're working with. Um, you might notice uh, Phil doing something and, and saying, you know, I, I like what he's doing here and I'd like to incorporate that in my game or I'm not sure you know, uh, and maybe there's a scenario that he's uh, uh, a situation he's got himself in on a particular hole and you're not sure why, um, you know, he's chosen that path. And obviously the coach is not going to know uh, he's not inside Phil's head, but he might be able to shed a light on, um, especially if it involves um, a troubled shot or something like that. He may be able to shed some light as to why the player may or may not have gone that route as opposed to uh, an alternative route. And, and the reason why this is important is this goes really into strategy. Um, I can't emphasize enough. Uh, it, it's it's nice to have a good-looking golf swing. It's great to be able to make solid contact with the golf ball. But even more importantly, you have to have a strategy when you're out playing the game. Um, you have to come to the table, if you will, with sort of a preconceived idea of how you want to tackle the golf course um, and hole by hole, not just the overall course, but hole by hole. And for those of you that play uh, a particular golf uh, course on a regular basis, um, is um, grab one of the, uh, the scorecards uh, or uh, go on their website if they've got one, which most of them I'm sure do, and just go hole by hole and make a note of the yardage uh, and sort of plot your uh, thoughts as to how you want to handle those. Where, I mean, if you've been playing it for any length of time, you know where the good landing areas are and you can sort of plot a strategy hole by hole. If uh, you've been struggling to make par in that hole, then you want to look at it and say, okay, maybe I've been playing to the wrong side of the, the fairway. Maybe I need to look at uh, maybe uh, hitting a different club off the tee. Uh, maybe you're hitting it too far down and putting yourself in a position where you're un, uh, in between clubs. So maybe you want to scale it back and leave yourself a fuller shot into the green um, with, with a full iron as opposed to sort of an in-between shot. Um, if, if you're not a good bunker player, watch some of the professionals. See how they set up. I know it's not always easy to get everything in full sight. Um, sometimes the camera angles are not always conducive for that. Um, but those are things, if, you know, take note of what the professionals are doing uh, in some of these tournaments. When you see them setting up, you'll notice sometimes some of the players 
uh, will be, uh, uh, and I'm talking about, of course, right-handed players now, um, will be open very wide uh, to their target, um, especially on a short greenside bunker shot uh, where the, the pin is cut very close to um, the side of the green that their, their bunker is on. Um, quite often you'll see them open their stance up quite wide. They'll open up the club face uh, very wide and uh, we'll sort of, you know, really cut across um, the, uh, the target line, if you will, and following their body line. And there's a reason they do that. Of course, they're trying to get the ball up quickly and land as softly as possible. Um, whereas on a longer bunker shot, maybe the pin is on the other side. Uh, the bunker is not right up against the green. Maybe it's a little bit further away. Um, you might see them have a, a little bit more uh, or a little less uh, open stance uh, and a little bit less open club face because they want the ball to fly a little bit further on the green and roll towards the, the, the cup that may be on uh, the pin placement that might be on the other side of the green. So there's a lot of things to take note of here. And again, if you're not working with somebody or you are working with somebody, uh, what a great opportunity to make some uh, mental notes, if you will, or jot some notes down uh, on a piece of paper, what have you. Uh, and bring those the next time you're getting together with your coach and talk about some of the things. Say, you know, I, I noticed watching uh, the tournament this past weekend that so-and-so uh, did this when they were, uh, you know, in the greenside bunker. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, why is he doing this and why or, or why is she doing that? And, uh, you know, have a discussion um, maybe for the first few minutes before you get right into your lesson. And then, of course, um, you know, you might want to try and execute some of these shots that you're, you're witnessing. You might want to have your coach walk through uh, some of the um, setups, uh, proper setups and, and uh, techniques as to um, these particular shots. So these are things that you can do as well uh, in preparation, especially, again, for those of you that are winding down your season. Uh, there's really no excuse. There's a lot of things that you can do indoors uh, in your own home. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, I use a full-length mirror and I work through uh, my entire golf swing uh, w using that mirror. Uh, even though I'm here in, in Florida and have the uh, advantage of going out, sometimes in the evening when uh, there's a lot of garbage on TV, which there seems to be a lot lately, um, you know, I'll uh, I'll grab a club, I'll grab a, a nine iron or a pitching wedge or what have you. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I'll even grab my seven iron and I'll just go through the motions <clears throat> of my golf swing and I'll check my grip, make sure I've got a good uh, a good proper grip. Uh, and uh, my posture and, and uh, alignment and things are set up correctly, and I'll use that mirror as a reference to help me um, guide me in the, in the proper uh, motions as well as I'm going through the golf swing. Make sure I'm taking the club back properly in a nice uh, one-piece takeaway. Uh, and also when I'm coming down, make sure I'm transitioning properly uh, in the golf swing. So I'm going to check some of those points as well. And those are things that you can do. Uh, another thing, uh, going back to the exercise part, one thing that I do as well that I think is really, really good, helps for some of the mobility. There's lots of great stretching techniques, but one I do, uh, particularly if you have high-backed chairs, whether it be a lazy boy chair uh, or a dining chair that has a high back, um, I stand um, straight directly behind the chair, close to the chair. I don't, I'm not leaning. I'm staying, you know, perfectly erect, um, behind the chair and I'll place my hands on, on the top. And what I will do is I'll be facing uh, the chair, the back of the chair, and I will rotate uh, my body, my upper body only. I'll leave my legs stationary and I'll be maybe uh, inside shoulder width. I won't go obviously uh, full shoulder width, but I'll be inside and I'll rotate my upper body um, to and shoulders and torso 
uh, to the right 90 degrees or as best as I can. Um, certainly don't want you to overstretch. And then I'll hold it there for maybe 10 seconds, 10, 15 seconds. And then I'll come back to the center position and then I'll rotate to the left uh, and I'll try to go to 90 degrees as well. And the reason why I do that is it helps stretch the muscles, not only in my back, but in the sides as well, uh, my oblique muscles, and also uh, even get some of the glute muscles working there as well a little bit. And then what I will do is I will rotate that around again, going to the right and then going to the left um, each way several times, um, just doing that stretch. And I'll do that actually every day um, throughout the week just to, to keep those muscles uh, stretched. So that when I go out to the golf course, I certainly may have a, a, an additional stretching routine that I might do very quickly when I get out to the golf course. But I've sort of warmed those muscles up. Or at night, sometimes, as I said, when there's not, it's nothing good on TV, I'll do some of these stretches and that just to keep my muscles uh, loose. And it, it's amazing how much your flexibility um, will be not only maintained, um, but will increase by doing some of these very simple exercises. And, you know, as I said... For those of you that uh, maybe not working with a fitness instructor, um, there's lots of great fitness instructors you can reach out to uh, online. Uh, some of them, as I said, have been on the show. I mentioned a few earlier, uh, and you can certainly uh, try and uh, connect with some of them in, in the hopes of helping you uh, handle some of that areas of the game. So, uh, again, just to recap, um, a good fitness program, eat properly, a good uh, nutritional diet is, is paramount, uh, work on the fundamentals, particularly uh, through the winter months. If you have an opportunity to get into a warmer climate, by all means, I strongly encourage you to do that. Uh, take a little uh, weekender down to Myrtle Beach or somewhere, uh, or here down in Florida. There's lots of great places down by Orlando. Um, you know, maybe make a, a short family vacation if you can if you can swing it, and um, you know, get down to a warmer climate and uh, get out and play some golf in the winter months if you can if you can afford it and uh, don't have uh, too many time restraints uh, on, on your time, uh, by all means, I encourage you to do that. Um, the other thing that I want to do, I, I just want to very quickly, and I, I, again, I apologize for, for having to uh, sort of fill the time in here, but um, I've obviously got to wait to uh, my, my very special guests uh, that are going to be joining me here uh, shortly. And guys, if you happen to be tuning in uh, to the show a little bit earlier, Chuck, Tom, by all means, feel free to call in any time. Uh, we'll more than happy to start the segment a little bit early. So if you're listening in, guys, uh, by all means, if you're able to, uh, I strongly invite you to to call in a little bit earlier. You know, um, all kidding aside, these things happen, and, and I feel very blessed and very honored to have um, some of the many coaches and teaching professionals join me uh, on the show here. And, and this doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, uh, you know, we run into a scheduling conflict or last-minute things uh, can creep up. And and uh, sometimes these guys, uh, you know, have to, uh, to cancel out last minute or uh, can't, uh, can't make it for one reason or another. So I, I certainly harbor no ill will, and, and I can promise you I'll be busting uh, Clint's chops the next time he comes on the show. You can be sure of that. But uh, as I said, I feel very blessed and very honored to have these guys giving up their time uh, to come on the show. They're not being paid to do this. So, um, I, again, I feel very honored and very blessed to have them do that. So... Um, certainly no ill will to any of these guys when, when this sort of thing happens. Um, and uh, I try to, as best I can, I try to normally uh, fill things in um, 
with usually some some stuff and I got caught off a little bit uh, off guard tonight so I apologize um, but as I said we're going to be talking to uh, Tom Stickney and Chuck Evans here in a little bit and uh, we're going to be talking about really sort of the evolution of golf uh, where it sort of started with golf instruction um, how these guys sort of got their um, got their chops if you will and and where they are now and where they see some of the uh, instruction going in the future and, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit also, I'm going to throw in there a little bit about maybe some junior golf as well. I know both of them uh, have worked with uh, juniors before and still do. And uh, we'll talk to them a little bit about what they're seeing, some of the up-and-comers uh, on, the, on the, you know, making their way out to the, to the golf scene, if you will. And, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit with Tom about the uh, uh, Vedanta uh, golf resorts, uh, resorts in general in Mexico. There's, I believe, seven of them. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And he can uh, shed some light on some of the great golf that you can play. And that's another thing, too. You know, um, you know, I know some of you out there that maybe play uh, golf. Maybe you belong to a specific uh, golf club. Maybe you have a membership somewhere, and you obviously want to get uh, full benefits there. Uh, but... You know, I think with with so many great resorts and so many great facilities around the world now, um, to really get out there and and and, and test your game, uh, you, you just got to make a point of of you know traveling a little bit and and especially if you have the time, maybe you're retired now. Excuse me, and um, you have an opportunity to maybe go and play some great golf courses. And and I'll tell you right now, um, for those of you that uh, maybe aren't familiar with this. But here, uh, or just up uh, in the state of Alabama, they have the Alabama, the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail. And I believe there is either 10 or 11, I can't remember the, the exact number, I think it might be 11 uh, golf courses. Um, the, uh, on the bottom of the spectrum, of course, you've got um, the Highlands in uh, Dothan, Alabama, which is the southern part of the state. And then you go right up into Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, you've got courses up in that area as well and all points in between there's a, a few of them in around the birmingham area auburn of course uh down by mobile uh there's uh in prattville area where they've actually uh hosted uh, a number of lpj uh, events as well as uh i think there's been a pga event there in that area as well as well as a champions tour event so uh some great great uh golf there and if you get an opportunity to come down uh, for any length of time here in the southeastern part of the United States, uh, I would strongly, strongly urge you to uh, come out and play, um, especially if you can take a few days. Um, maybe you can head up to uh, Birmingham, and uh, there's about two or three golf courses. Um, the Robert Chen's within um, you know, a few hours' drive. There's one, obviously, um, in the uh, Robert Trent's uh, in the uh, Birmingham area, but there's some uh, just outside, about an hour or so outside. Um, so you can certainly, you know, get your hotel or whatnot in the area and then venture out uh, and play uh, some phenomenal uh, golf courses. And as I said, there's one down in Dothan, Alabama, uh, the Highlands, uh, which has uh, two 18-hole golf or sorry, uh, three nines, sorry, three nines, and then also has a par three. And they've got a phenomenal, I've played it many, many times, and uh been on the practice tee and they've got a great uh great practice tee uh great range and the course is always in phenomenal shape and that's uh in the southern part so for those of you that are maybe migrating to parts of florida uh you might want to consider 
heading over to uh, Dothan, Alabama and playing the Highlands, uh, especially those of you vacationing or, or uh, some of you snowbirds down here in the northwest uh, part up around uh, Panama City Beach where I am and uh, right through Pensacola. Uh, you're only a couple of hours away from, from Dothan. You can certainly uh, scoot up there as well and play something um, a little bit different. And the Robert Trent Jones Trail, as I said, uh, either has 10 or 11, I believe it's 11 uh, golf courses throughout the state of Alabama, which is all part of the Robert Trent Jones uh, Golf Trail. Uh, and I understand that Mississippi also has a Mississippi Golf Trail, and I believe Georgia has a, a Georgia Golf Trail now as well, um, filled with some great golf courses. So, you know, get out there and, and play. Um, you know, don't just play your, your, your local club. Uh, get out there and play some other uh, great golf courses. I, I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. There's just some phenomenal tracks, and it just amazes me just how many great, great golf courses um, that are open and accessible to the public and very, very reasonable. One of the great things I like about the Robert Trent Jones uh, Golf Trail is they have, um, I think it's within 100 miles of uh, the um, their facilities. So even though I'm in Florida, I can purchase, they have a Robert Trent Jones, they have a golf trail uh, card. And what that allows you to do is it's an annual membership of, uh, I think it's about $39. And you can purchase that annually. And what it does is you can get on most of the golf courses on that Alabama golf trail for half price. Uh, so you pay a one-time fee each season of $39. And just to give you an example, at the Highlands, uh, I think the annual or the uh, green fee is uh, about $65, uh, maybe $70 regularly. And I get on there for um, just under $40. So basically about the same cost as what I pay for the golf uh, trail card, I pay uh, in green fees for, and it's a phenomenal, phenomenal golf course. So if you're somebody that lives close to the Alabama border and you're close to one of these facilities and you haven't got one, go out, it's worth $39, especially if you play a lot of golf uh, and you can play any of the uh, uh, golf courses on the Alabama Golf Trail for a greatly reduced uh, green fee, and that includes the the cart, of course. Um, so you can save yourself a little bit of money as well and play some great uh, great tracks. Um, but as I said, there's some other great golf courses as well. Many of the golf courses here in the Southeast, you will find, as I've mentioned many many times on the show, uh, all encapsulated in a great guide called the South Coast Golf Guide, which is produced. Uh, and printed by a very good uh, friend of mine, um, uh, Jonathan Laird, who is the uh, owner of South Coast Golf Guide. Um, so inside that guide, uh, which uh, comes out quarterly, and I believe there was just one that came out in September, so we'll be gearing up for another one here pretty soon, um, it has uh, pretty much all of the golf courses from literally from Texas right over uh, Mississippi, uh, Louisiana, Alabama, and, of course, uh, through the northwestern part of Florida, uh, some great, great golf courses contained in that guide. So if you want to get a copy of that guide, go to southcoastgolfguide.com. That's southcoastgolfguide.com. And you can actually request a copy of the guide be sent to you. You don't have to be living in this area. You can be living uh, up in the northeast, and but maybe planning on a trip coming down here south. And you want to know some of the great courses in here. Um, it will give you all the information you need to contact the course uh, to arrange tee times, tells you a little bit about the course. Uh, course gives you some photos of what uh, the course looks like and the ratings and so forth, um, and also tells you what the facility houses. Some of the facilities 
um, have um, are, are fully integrated with the golf uh, uh, with a what their practice facility is uh, and their price point as well gives you an idea of the cost uh, involved as well uh, as well as the contact information so you can reach out to them and plan uh, maybe a, a, a winter trip down here in the south and give you an idea um, Jonathan will be more than happy to make sure you get a, a guide if you're somebody that's already traveled down here uh, to the southeast and you want to know where you can pick up a copy um, most of the Edwin Watts, as I understand in this area, uh, are carrying them, and particularly down in Panama City Beach area and right through to Pensacola, many of the major resorts um, are carrying them in uh, this pocket guide, if you will, uh, in uh, their facility. So you can just ask about it. It's South Coast Golf Guide. Um, you can just ask about it when you go there, if they're carrying it, and get a copy when you're there. Uh, and if not, as I said, you can go online to southcoastgolfguide.com and you can check out um, some of the information that's in the guide online as well on the online version and uh, Jonathan also um, focuses on some great deals that many of the courses offer and he'll post that up on his website as well so some of the courses may be offering uh, some uh, discounted green fees that sort of thing specials upcoming specials that sort of thing so um, Great opportunity to get a copy of that guide. So go to southcoastgolfguide.com and uh, learn more about that. And if you're somebody that's in the golf industry and you want to maybe uh, think about advertising in his guide, he has a pretty uh, broad uh, reach. As I said, it comes out quarterly. And uh, he's been doing it now for over, uh, I believe, 21 years. So he's a well-established uh, golf guide in the area. If you're interested in advertising, uh, you can reach out to him by emailing him at Jonathan at southcoastgolfguide.com that's jonathan at southcoastgolfguide.com and uh, he'll be more than happy to uh, discuss the rates and so forth with you and and uh, get you uh, in the guide and it it, it is a, a fantastic guide I've um, been uh, using it for myself for many many uh, years now and have actually uh, Jonathan has uh, uh, put some promotions about the show he's actually had uh, some advertising about the Golf Talk Live and uh, the Women of Golf show uh, in that guide now for the last several years. So uh, thank you, Jonathan, for all of your uh, great help in that area. So again, go to southcoastgolfguide.com to learn more uh, about that as well. Um, Joining me here very shortly is going to be Tom Stickney and Chuck Evans. They'll be joining me here in just a few moments. And I thank you for, excuse me, for those of you that have stuck out the last hour with me. And again, I um, I can't emphasize enough. I apologize that we didn't have a coach's corner tonight. And um, I know some of you are probably thinking, gosh, I didn't know he could talk that much. But, uh, well, you've been sticking with me for the last hour. Now you know it's true. Um, it happens, and, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate. But, um, you know, the show must go on, as they say. But I've got two great guys coming on here in just a few moments. Um, and uh, we'll have some great <clears throat> discussion, assuming my, my voice will uh, hold out here. Actually, let me tell you a little bit about these guys uh, coming on, <clears throat> just to do the sort of a heads up, just to get a jump on the on the the show a little bit. Um, as I mentioned, Tom Stickney is is coming on for the first time. He's the director of operations at the Vedanta Golf Academies uh, in Mexico, and uh, he's been uh, teaching as a, a full time instructional. Uh, his experience racked up for over 23 plus years in the business. Um, he's uh, ranked as one of the top 100 teachers by Golf Magazine. He's also ranked as a top teacher by Golf Digest. 
and uh, Golf Tips Magazine as well ranks him among the top 25 instructors. Uh, he's uh, with the TrackMan University Master Partner uh, and the Golfing Machine GSED Authorized Instructor. And golf, he's part of the Golf Digest uh, Top 20 Teachers Under 40 alumnus and also the Golf Digest Best Young Teachers alumnus as well. Uh, also joining him uh, in a few moments is going to be uh, Chuck Evans. As I mentioned, Chuck has been on the show a number of times over the years. Uh, usually comes on a coach's corner panel and, and also sometimes comes on as a featured guest. Uh, he's the uh, executive director of instruction for Medicus Golf Academies and the owner of Chuck Evans Golf. And he's also a uh, top 100 teacher by Golf Magazine. And uh, Golf Digest also ranks him among the top teachers in America. He's also a top 50 growth of the game teacher. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, he's the executive director of instruction for Medicus Golf Academies and uh, owns his own uh, Chuck Evans Golf Academy business. Um, been in the business a long time. We're going to talk to the two of them in a few moments uh, when they come on board. And uh, got some questions lined up. Uh, as I said earlier, we're going to talk about um, really uh, the growth of the game uh, from the instructional side a little bit. We may throw in some some playing as well, uh, but particularly we're going to talk a little bit about the um, uh, instructional side, where it's sort of been and where it's heading to, and, and uh, maybe we'll get some future forecasts from the two guys as to where they think instruction is going to go uh, in the near future and maybe in the distant future as well. Um, lots of changes happening every year at the PGA Show, of course. They've always got some new interesting things coming out, um, and uh, particularly in the, in the um, uh, technology side. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, when the boys, uh, when the two of them come on here. Uh, but let, just remind everybody, of course, uh, Golf Talk Live is live every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. And uh, best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com. Up in the search key, type uh, Golf Talk Live, and that will take you to the main page, and you can tune in live there. And uh, for those of you, as I said earlier, that aren't able to tune in live, uh, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Golf Talk Live, Scroll down to the on-demand section. That's where all of the previously aired shows are, uh, the recorded versions, and you can tune in and listen to those at your leisure. Um, so many great in- interviews. Um, one of the interview I'm always very, very proud of is, of course, my interview back in 2013 with the uh, around this time, actually not uh, too many weeks uh, from now, uh, in two- uh, 2013, I interviewed, of course, the legendary uh, Billy Casper, who unfortunately is no longer. Uh, with us, but um, great interview with him. It lasted actually the whole two hours and was just a, a real thrill for me to have him on uh, with one of my very early interviews and uh, was very, very giving of his time and just a, a great, great guest and just enjoyed hearing uh, some great stories that he uh, was willing to share with, with the audience. And uh, I, I'm, it's pretty safe to say that if if the show had have gone on for another hour, I'm I'm sure he would have uh, been more than eager to uh, to ha- hang it out and tough it out for even an, a third hour. So I feel very blessed and very honored. And as a result of, of that relationship developing uh, back in 2013, uh, I've formed a new relationship, of course, with uh, one of his sons, uh, Byron Casper, who, of course, is a, a great uh, top uh, golf instructor, uh, professional here in the in the United States. And uh, we've uh, we've shared some great stories uh, over the last few years, and he's been on the show, of course, a number of times, and I consider him a, a good friend. So uh, Byron Casper, of course, son of legendary, um, the late legendary Billy Casper, um, I consider a very good friend and, and feel very honored and blessed to have him on the show as well. And uh, 
he's shared uh, many great stories uh, that that he experienced with his father. Uh, just a, a great guy um, in, in his own rights, and uh, and uh, always uh, always eager to help um, those of you out there that are struggling with your game. So uh, make sure that you check him out. Uh, Byron Casper, of course, the Casper uh, Academies out in um, San Diego area. So you can just uh, Google him and you'll. Uh, get in touch with Casper uh, Golf out there, um, and you know I, I also want to remind everybody, those of you that are in the golf profession, particularly uh, not just a teacher or coach, but some of you guys out there that uh, uh, maybe maybe you've written a great book uh, about golf that you'd like to share, maybe uh, some tips or training, uh, maybe you've written a, a great golf story. Um, Jim Ducebella was out uh, was on my show a number of years ago. Uh, wrote a great uh, book about two stockbrokers called King of Clubs. Um, it was a really, really great book and talked about uh, um, two stockbrokers that basically the gist of the story was that uh, a bet was made and and uh, a number of rounds were played over a period, a very short period of time and uh, across the country from one side to the other. And uh, one uh, gentleman bet the other gentleman, uh, and uh, I won't give you the, the details of it, but it's a very interesting story. So, um, you know, I'm always interested in, in sharing that with the audience as well. It's not always just about instruction and improving the game, but it's just uh, making you aware of, of some great individuals out there, both men and women out there in the golf industry. Um, lots of great junior golf uh, instructors out there and those working to help grow the game. Uh, I've mentioned these individuals a number of times before in the past, Nicole Weller, um, from South Carolina in the just uh, South Myrtle Beach area, and also Kate Tempesta, who does some great work with junior golf as well, uh, growing the game at, at a very elementary level. Uh, and I mean that in the sense that uh, working with some very, very young uh, boys and girls, uh, introducing them to the game up in uh, the New York area. Um, so, you know, just lots of great things. I feel very honored and blessed to have them join me on the show as well over the years. Um, Meredith Kirk, of course, from South Carolina. She was the um, Mrs. South Carolina winner in 2014. Uh, also a very prominent LPGA um, golf instructor in the Myrtle Beach area. Really does a lot to help grow the game. And uh, so lots of great people. Uh, Clint Wright, uh, who's been on the show, uh, except for tonight, <laughs> many, many times. Only kidding, Clint, if you're listening. Um, you better not be listening because you should be on the show. But uh, and all kidding aside, uh, he's been on the show a number of times and uh, just enjoy uh, hearing some of the uh, approaches that he has taken to this game over the years. Uh, Tony Brooks, who uh, joined us uh, this year, uh, he's been a guest on the show and also uh, a guest panelist on Coach's Corner as well. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to, to join us here tonight either. Um, but um, always feel blessed and honored to have uh, new people join in the mix as well. Uh, Brennan Stukesbury, uh, John Hughes, of course, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention John Hughes, who's been on the show um, many, many times, uh, PJ Master Professional down in the Orlando area, uh, Pete Buchanan, uh, Director uh, at uh, the Plain Simple Golf, uh, Pete Buchanan, of, again, wealth of knowledge, uh, thank you guys for all of the great work that you do, and, and uh, I look forward to having you guys back on the on future panel discussions. I'll always uh, enjoy your input and appreciate you giving of your time. And as I said before, um, you know, sometimes these things happen and uh, you just sort of have to take in the stride. And as I mentioned uh, many times tonight already, I feel very blessed and honored to have many of these people join me on the show. 
and giving of their time freely. Um, so, you know, when, when these things happen from time to time, um, you know, you certainly can't, uh, you can't look at, as I say, a gift horse in the mouth. These people have given much of their time over the last several years to help grow this show. So I feel, uh, very privileged to, to, uh, to have them, um, um, be part of the program, but also, uh, to be able to call them my friends now. So, um, two more that, uh, I'm going to add into the mix, into this uh, group of the Golf Talk Live family, of course, are my next guests, Tom Stickney and Chuck Evans. And I'm just waiting for the two gentlemen to come on board, and I'm going to bring them on. I've already done the intros, as most of you are aware. For those of you just tuning in, let me just do a quick recap very quickly on the two of them. Uh, as I said, Tom Stickney, he is the uh, um, Director of Operations of Vedanta Golf Academies in Mexico, uh, he's a top 100 teacher from Golf Magazine and Golf Digest, also considered a, a top teacher. Uh, Golf uh, Tips Magazine also ranks him up in the uh, top 25 instructors. Uh, Chuck Evans, the Executive Director of Instruction for Medicus Golf Academies and the owner of Chuck Evans Golf. He too is a Golf Magazine top 100, uh, Golf Digest top teacher in America, and top 50 growth of the game teacher as well. Uh, two great guys. Uh, certainly look forward to having them uh, join me here in the next little bit, and uh, I will uh, bring them on as soon as they're here. And uh, I just got a uh, quick message from my friend Clint, and unfortunately, as I suspected, something did uh, something did come up here, and uh, it's regrettable, but um, these things do happen. But anyways, uh, I. I think I have Chuck here on the line, so let me bring uh, Chuck on, on board, or one of them is on board here. Let me bring them on. Good evening, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Yeah, this would be the good-looking one with hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing this evening? This is, this is Chuck. Yeah, I'm doing I, fine. Well, you, you've just thrown me a major lifeline. I don't know if you managed to tune in uh, earlier tonight, uh, Chuck, but... Uh, we had a little bit of a mishap with the coach's corner. Um, unfortunately, due to circumstances beyond their control, both of my panelists, unfortunately, weren't able to make it last minute. So I've been floating it alone for, for the last hour. And believe you me, I've, uh, I'm looking forward to you and Tom uh, jumping in here and, and, uh, and bailing me out here for this last hour. So thank you very much. Um, Chuck, I've already done the intros for both of you and, and the audience. Of course, you've been on here a number of times before. Um, I, I want to very quickly, if you don't mind me bringing this up, I, I recently read somewhere, I think it was on Facebook, that you um, had, had an operation a little while ago. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I've had a, a couple of them. I actually had uh, a year ago, July, I had a hip replacement. Um, it didn't take so well, so they had to redo it again back in um, June. So Right. Still trying, still trying to recover from that. So it's been a little over a year, and you know my golf game is uh, my full swing is. I mean, I, I can hit it, but you know when you're only hitting at 230 off the tee and you're used to hitting at yeah. 280, it's a big, it's a big <laughs> difference. So, and I can't play more than about six holes at a time. So, right. Well, I, I have no, I have no doubt, uh, Chuck, that you will, uh, you'll get back in, in full swing here before too long, and. And actually, that'll that'll make a good talking point tonight that we can talk about is when you've lost a little bit of distance. How do you make up those 50 yards? How do you how do you adjust your right. game accordingly? We'll, we'll talk about that when Tom comes on board. Um, that will be one of the questions I'm going to throw to you if you, if you don't mind. Um, and yeah, I'm, what great. I'm going to do what 
yeah, what I'm going to do, um, Chuck, as I said, when Tom comes on board, uh, we'll we'll talk about really the, sort of the state of the game from the instructional side, um, you know, where it sort of began and, and, and how it sort of migrated to what it is today and where you guys uh, foresee things uh, changing in the future a little bit. And then I've got a few other questions I'm going to have for you guys. And then I'm going to give both of you a chance to talk a little bit about yourselves. Obviously, uh, Tom has never been on the show before. And uh, I know that he's part of um, the uh, Vedanta uh, organization in Mexico. So we're going to talk about that. And I see he's here right now. So right. let me bring uh, Tom Stickney on as well to join uh, in the discussion. Good evening, Tom, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. And I'm not sure if we got him quite yet. Oh, there he is. Hi, good evening, Tom. Welcome to Golf Talk Live. How are you? I'm I'm doing How very well. It took us. I'm doing very well. It took a second to uh, to get you on board here, but uh, you're here, and of course Chuck uh, Evans, uh, your your good friend, is here as well. My mentor is here. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> well, when he asked, when I when I chimed in, he asked which one it was. I said, "Well, the better looking one with hair." So <laughs> I, I no, knew no I knew I knew we had to start. I knew we had to start firing right from the hip, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm surprised you can stay up this late. That's pretty good for you. Yeah. Well, let well, me just. Is, let me just. I just well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let me just give a little backstory for those of you uh, um, just tuning in now on the on the show. Um, these two have been. Uh, exchanging a few barbs and emails uh, back and forth as we come in preparation for tonight's show. So this is a little bit uh, sort of the, the backstory to this. Um, Tom, I, I want to start off with you uh, just for a second because I want to give you an opportunity um, just to sort of – I've already done the intros for both of you before you came on, so everybody's well aware of who you are and, and your background in that. But just um, maybe a quick refresher, if you will, um, where you are now and, and – uh, your, your, uh, where you work and, and just a little bit about your background. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I'm the uh, Director of Operations for the Vedanta Golf Academy. Uh, Vedanta Golf is located in uh, Mexico. We have seven properties throughout Mexico and five golf and beach properties in places like Cabo San Lucas, Acapulco, Puerto Vallarta, Puerto Penasco, and uh, Riviera Maya. So uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to coordinate all the golf uh all the golf business development as well as the uh, learning and performance centers and all those places and, and hope to give uh, everybody uh, down here in Mexico uh, and our guests a good, uh, good golf instructional experience when they, uh, when they come visit. So I'm very fortunate yeah. to be down here where it's warm all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, I talked about, it. I was just, I was just saying to, to Chuck um, uh, a few moments ago when he first came on um, normally the first hour I have a, a coach's corner panel discussion and uh, regrettably um, last minute, both of my, um, both of my instructors uh, had to had to uh, uh, tend to some other important pressing issues, and unfortunately, we didn't have the, the panel discussion. So I've been sort of winging it here, and I've been just praying that you guys were going to call in early a little bit to help me out. But um, I, I'm going to actually some questions that I had for the panel discussion, Tom. I'm going to throw into to our discussion here for great. the next hour. But what Sounds I want to do, what I want to do, guys, is this, um, Tom. Again, I'll start with you a little bit, and then Chuck, by all means, feel free to to, to jump in as well. Let's talk about a little bit about the evolution of golf instruction. Let's talk about where golf instruction was uh, maybe 30 years ago 
uh, up to where it is now, and, and then we'll sort of move into where it's sort of heading uh, down the road and, and in the near future. So, Tom, start us off. When you first got into the business, you know, uh, 23, 24 plus years ago, um, what was the sort of state of golf instruction? What was your exposure, if you will, uh, to golf instruction? You know, it was a, it's a very interesting question because a lot of, of what I started with is no longer. Uh, and, and same thing with Chuck. Uh, you know, I got into golf instruction early, early nineties, I uh, graduated from college at 92. And so when I was, had an opportunity to teach, um, the only way I could find information, uh, was in the library, uh, through books and videos. And, and, and it was a very, very closed shop, a very proprietary information was very proprietary at the time. Um, as a matter of fact, there was, um, I was taught by a guy that was uh, mentored under a very big name teacher. Um, and I wanted to go see how this particular gentleman ran his golf operation, uh, his, his learning center. Uh, and I actually called down there and I said, Hey, I'd like to come shadow you guys. And, and, and he said, sure, for a thousand dollars a day, I'll be more than happy to let you come out, you know? And, <laughs> And that's really not what it is anymore. Um, you right. know, I reached out to Chuck, I reached out to Chuck Evans, uh, you know, because of his because of his knowledge in the golfing machine book, uh, and and found somebody that was very anxious to share knowledge um, because there was no YouTube, there was no internet. Uh, and right. Basically, there was all opinions, and and now. Um, dealing with Chuck and the golfing machine, as well as being able to look on YouTube and, and having TrackMan and, and, and a lot of other 3D tools, you know, all of a sudden now um, kids have an, an opportunity to learn um, a lot about the mechanical side of, of instruction without ever teaching a lesson. And, and Chuck can certainly expand on this uh, because he's been doing it, you know, a little bit longer than I have, but it was very proprietary. Um, I don't know if I'm sure Chuck, you found those same things uh, happening when you first started. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, some of, some of them are pretty closed. I mean, I had the opportunity to talk to some of the, you know, big guys at the time and spend time with them, you know, the Toskies, the Flicks, uh, the Jimmy Ballards, all those people. And, uh, uh, some of them would talk to you and some of them wouldn't, you know? So, you had you had to find your information the best way you could, and that would that involved trying to get a hold of uh, people that you didn't know, but had a good reputation, and trying to trying to pick their brains and see how much they were willing to share. So, yeah, most definitely. Now, and you're right; some of them definitely would, but some of them, a lot of them wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Let's, exactly. Let's, let's. So let's move up. Um, you know, to a little bit more modern times, as uh, you've already mentioned some of the things now, you know, there's YouTube videos, Tom, there's all kinds of things out there now um, available. So let's come out to sort of current time, if you will, instruction. Um, you mentioned, you know, there's a couple things that aren't around sort of anymore. Um, but what are some of the things now that you see um, that really you hadn't seen back, you know, 20 or so years ago? that really surprised you? What are some of the things in instruction that you've been introduced here maybe in the last uh, five years that have really surprised you? Well, you know, I, I go back to uh, when we had analog video. When I first started, um, I was one of the first teachers uh, that had split-screen video uh, in, my particular, uh, in my particular town. And it was a very, very revolutionary uh, back in the early 90s to be able to see the front view and the, 
and the down the line view at the same time. So all of a sudden you could see how if your head moved one way or the other, what it would do to the club shaft or if the club shaft moved one way or the other, it would, what it would do to your body. And, and, you know, so it was all a big guess. Uh, what did you see versus what I saw? And then as, as time has gone on, we've started to realize that video obviously is 2D. And through the advent of 3D motion analysis uh, and, and tools like TrackMan, all of a sudden now we're given an MRI into what's actually going on. So there aren't a lot of questions anymore about what exactly is going on. The big right. question now is how do we implement what we see in the, in the, in the simplest possible manner? Uh, and, and that's the big question. That's where, you know, I don't think any teacher would disagree with the basic what's going on. The guy's maybe coming out to end and his club face is wide open and then he's hitting push slices. What we all differ in is how do we fix that? And through the advent of these technologies, we're starting to figure out better ways and more efficient ways based on the person's uh, kinesiology and physiology on how to do this. So it's making it a lot easier. Uh, it's still difficult, but it's making it a lot easier for us to make less mistakes as instructors. Right. Well, it's yeah, giving you more. I, I would, I, I would, yeah, I would agree a hundred percent with that. Um, you know, the, the, the things that are out, you know, um, and, and, you know, Tom uses TrackMan. I use FlightScope. Um, you know, I also use uh, 3D motion capture with MySwing, which is, which is a wireless system. And what that allows you to do, and, again, everybody's, everybody has their own, own way of trying to fix and or repair an issue. But with the 3D motion capture and the radar devices, it, it, it's basically become so simple. You put them on there, you, you can measure everything possible. And the hardest part is picking out, is prioritizing the one thing that will greatly affect most others. That's the no most question. difficult part for most teachers. Yeah, and, and I tell you, and, and, and Chuck will tell you that when you start coupling that with you know, the knowledge of, of his knowledge of the golfing machine, now all of a sudden we start to realize that there are, everybody has their own innate golf swing, but now we can fix the one thing that really makes a difference and takes you, you know, two days hitting golf balls to fix as opposed to picking something down the line that, make, that might take you a month to fix. Right. right. So basically what technology has done now, or, or shall I say the advancement with the technology that you're seeing uh, and making available to you is, is really twofold. Number one, what it does is it's giving you more information uh, essentially at your fingertips that you didn't maybe have before or would take you a longer time to assess. Uh, but also it, it, it zeroes in on where the problems are a little bit faster, uh, as you just pointed out, Tom, um, than maybe what it did 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, again, it would take you a longer time to draw some of those assessments um, without that technology. Would that be a fair, uh, accurate portrayal? Uh, no question. And, you know, here's a prime example. I mean, I, you know, when I first started teaching I, in, in learning, I think it probably took me at least 10,000 hours of, of trial and error um, through yep. mechanical uh, things as well as learning the golf swing to be an effective teacher. I didn't say it would be a great teacher, just to, to be effective. Um, and I think Chuck will second this, and I'm going to ask him in a second. But, you know, it took me a long time to, to put all the pieces together because I didn't have all the answers immediately. 
whereas now, right. you know, we do. I mean, Chuck, how much, how much, how much quicker would you have gotten where you are, you know, if you'd have had that from day one? Well, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, video cameras, like you said, they're 2D. There are things you cannot see in 2D that you can see in 3D. So, right. Uh, you know, and one of the one of the biggest things that you absolutely uh, can't measure on 2D is is wrist angles. And, and also how much your left arm is getting pulled into your chest in the start down. And those are things you just can't see in 2D. Um, right, so, right. you know, the, that, that stuff, being around that stuff has, has sharpened your eye. I mean, you know, you know Tom has a pretty good eye, and, and, and I'm not too bad myself, you know, looking at things with, without uh, video cameras. Right. But, you know, with, with, the, age, uh, with the age of all the, uh, all the technology out there, it does make things easier. Now, having said that, um, you know I, I've got I've got players that, that don't want to see anything on technology. You know, so yeah. we rely strictly on we, we rely strictly on feel and what ifs. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so so in that case, we start with the ball. Whatever it's doing, we back it up to the club. Whatever the club's doing, we back up to the body. You know, so we kind of use that use that cycle. To get us where we need to go to fix things. So, right. Uh, in fact, Tom, I, was oh, yeah. on the, I was on the phone. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I was on the phone today with with a, a guy that Tom knows really well as well, and he's a, he's one of the top teachers in the world. And he was asking me about his swing, and I gave him my diagnosis based on what he was telling me. He shot me over some video, and sure enough, I, I, I texted him back and I said. It's exactly what we talked about before you sent me the video. So right. <laughs> well, and that comes with obviously comes with experience, Chuck. I mean, after you know when, when you are are watching enough golfers and you you kind of get an understanding of what to look for. Um, but I, I can certainly see where it's very advantageous, especially for some of the newer, younger instructors coming out that maybe don't have as much experience or haven't has as much exposure uh, to as many players yet. That technology is, is very. Um, you know, advantageous. But I want to talk about the other side a little bit because there's a danger too, I think, Tom, as well as they're not yes. with technology. No um, and, and Chuck, the ups and downs, if you will, of getting too much into the numbers. And I've talked about this many oh. times on, on the show. Mm-hmm. Let, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, technology is great. We all love it. And there's definitely uh, pluses for it. But there's also some minuses as well. Let's touch a little bit on that from, from your perspective. Tom, I'll let you go mm-hmm. and then Chuck. Uh... Okay. Yeah, and I... And I am probably one of the biggest uh, advocates of 3D motion analysis, force plate, and, and, and track man in, in instruction because I feel like it's invaluable. However, I will say with knowledge comes you know, power, and with knowledge and power comes danger. And I will say that the best instructors in the world mention numbers very, very little in their instruction. They use it. Uh, James Light has a great statement about TrackMan and 3D motion analysis. It's not watching the student. It's watching us, the instructors, and making sure that we don't make mistakes. You know, if, if we see that the path is going too far to the left, you know, I don't have to tell a guy, you know, it's seven degrees left. It doesn't really matter what the number is. It's just showing. I like to use it to show me trends. What's the trend of what this guy is doing? Uh, right. And mm-hmm. I think too too many of the younger teachers, um, especially the kids starting out now, uh, are kind of using technology like Chuck and I used video uh, incorrectly when it first came out. I mean, 
and, and, and Chuck will be just, it'll tell you as well, you know, when we first started with video, you know, we, we thought that everybody had to hit position A, B, C, D, E, so on and so forth, or you couldn't be uh, effective um, to make the swings look pretty and, 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 and be effective. But what we found out is that everybody has their own idiosyncrasies. And over time, we started to be able to see the nuances uh, that allowed people to play. Jack's flying right elbow, somebody else is straightening right knee, you know, blah, blah, blah. And these kids are getting stuck focusing on, well, you have to be two degrees up, three degrees to the right, X degrees down, dynamic loss of this, and, and that's just not the case. And, and it's just, it is dangerous, and it takes a while. It took Chuck and I a while to learn how to use video. And it'll take, it'll take the younger generation a while to learn how to use TrackMan effectively. But I think the perfect blend is some old school and some new school. Uh, I, 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 I highly recommend that all the, te- all the kids that want to get up and want us to teach today, take the time and go back and look at the old YouTube videos of, yeah. of, of Jimmy Ballard, of Chuck, of myself, teaching a long time ago without technology. And you'll find if you'll blend those two, uh, you'll be a whole lot better, but uh, that's that's well, at least some of the dangers I've seen. Right, and 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 Chuck, before I let you uh, chime in, just one more thought I want to throw in here, and then and then Chuck, I want to hear your your um, uh, thoughts as well. You know, mm-hmm. and I know this is going to seem a little bit um, out of the box, but one of the dangers that I see with technology, and, and I can see this happening at some point. It certainly may not be in, in any of our lifetime. But, you know, it's getting to the point now, and I've heard many criticisms against, and Tom, I agree with you, I think some of the younger instructors get so wrapped up in in the numbers and the technology that they're not even looking at their students anymore. They're looking at a screen or a monitor all the time. And and I I can see this happening down the road as technology continues to advance where your golfer is going to step into a booth and they're not even going to see the instructor. The instructor is going to be behind the shield and, you know, looking at all the, the, the data and, you know, once the, the student's done, there's a little printout's going to come out and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing, this is, and you're not even going to talk to the instructor anymore. And I know this sounds a little far-fetched, but is this, you know, a danger with some of the, stu- uh, with some of the instructors now, Chuck, that they're not really paying attention to the students anymore, they're focusing too much on the technology? They, they are, and, and like Tom said, you know, when we started out, none of that was available. Now you can you can – not have a clue about teaching golf, and within right. three years of watching all the internet videos uh, uh, about TrackMan, FlightScope, MySwing, all this stuff, you can be an expert. Now, right. in about three <laughs> years, you may have you may you may have taught your friends, but the big difference is, you know, the, the the guys our age and older, they have what I call boots on the ground. They have right. tons and years of experience improving golfers. Whether or not it agrees with the with the science community, it really didn't make any difference to me. Uh, if 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 a if a coach is getting results with their players, that's all the player cares about. You right. got it. You know, the player, yeah, the player. I mean, Tom, your degree's in physiology, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you know, they could care less if Tom's degree is in physiology. They don't care. They just want to no. hit the ball better. Right, you know, and that goes that's back. all they want to do. Yeah, and that goes back to that age-old argument that, that is on the Internet. You know, uh, you'll hear some criticisms about, uh, you know, you'll hear uh, a certain teacher's name who advocates technology with his tour players and another teacher 
that is a big name teacher that doesn't uh, involve technology within his lesson. And they're saying, well, so-and-so should do this and so-and-so should do that. Like you said, Chuck, the bottom line is who's getting results. I mean, I, I really don't think a tour pro is going to pay you a lot of money if you're not getting results. Exactly. Well, and, and, you know, then, then, you, then you see on some of these, some of these internet forums, somebody will put a, put a, uh, a video up and say, what would you fix? Everybody right. <laughs> starts on these rants, and nobody ever asks, well, what the hell is the ball doing? That should be the first question you ask, you know? And well, you have 16 pages of things that need to be fixed. <laughs> yeah, and that, exactly. that's why Yeah, that's why I don't get into, you know, I don't even watch the forums anymore. I've gotten to the point where I don't even, uh, you know, jump into them just because of that it's just it, it gets to a point where he said she said and and then the next thing you know they're they're you know cussing one another out and it's just not good for the the right. industry as a whole uh, i want to ask you guys just i'm going to flip the script just a little bit i want to ask you guys something i thought this would be a, an interesting um question to ask both of you um chuck i'm going to start with you this time if you don't mind um what were okay. some of the most what were some of the most valuable tips that you remember seeing throughout your career well, um, you know, I mean, I started a, a, uh, quite a while before Tom, so you know, I spent a lot of time with the with the uh, older teachers, and they they you know they were all about motion, you know, keep everything flowing with motion. There wasn't a lot of of, uh, of trying to segment body parts and restrict motion. And, you know, I, and I got away from that when I went into the golfing machine. And, you know, the golfing machine, Homer gave us a, a wonderful outline because there was not one certain way to swing a club. There's 512 quadrillion, 364 trillion, okay, ways to do it. And everybody on the planet falls within there somewhere. And right. our job as an instructor, our job as an instructor, whether you use a golfing machine or anything else you want to use, uh, is to find out what that player needs to produce their best golf. Um, you know, you, you're going to have Mr. and Mrs. Haverkamp come to you. Tom doesn't because he only teaches all these high-end people. But, you know, <laughs> some, of us, <laughs> some, some of us teach these 70, 80, 90-year-old guys, right? Right. And, <laughs> you know, and, and they're, they're not going to change their golf swing. No, of course it, it, not. Because they're not, good, because they're not going to practice. So as a teacher, we had to give them a more efficient way to do what they're doing without right. changing their golf swing so that they can hit better shots. I mean, I, I'll just give you a little example. And this is not tooting my horn. It's just this is how, how simple. You know, so this guy came in the other day. He had, you know, he plays golf. You know, he's a member at this club. And, and Tom, he set, up, he set up square hips, square feet. Shoulders open 10 and a half degrees. His club is 17 degrees left through the ball. 17 oh. degrees left. So in my infinite you know, wisdom, because I have all this stuff in this fast storehouse of useless information, uh, <laughs> I, turned his shoulder, I turned his shoulders five degrees right, took his whole body and aimed it 10 degrees right, and had him make his same swing. So now, instead of coming out and across, he came down and right from the inside the target line. I mean, it, it, it didn't take but three swings to change that. Now, here's the hard part. 
they leave you and they go back and, and they don't practice and they forget what you just told them to do. And they say, wow, well, I wonder why it isn't working now. So I right. guess well, the, the best, ad- advice I, best advice I ever got was start from the ball, go back to the club, from the club to the body. Right. No and that's, that's no great question. advice. You know, Chuck, the other thing, too, is that, that I think a lot of instructors, you know, fall into this trap is, is, is it's not so much that just that they forget what they've been taught, but they don't practice and they go back to what's comfortable to them. You know, a lot of times when you, right. when you change somebody that's maybe got a very poor grip and you, you teach them, you know, a proper grip, it's not, it's foreign to them. It's uncomfortable because their hands have been sitting right. on that club for 15 years a certain way. It's comfortable. That's how they've held it for those 15 years. And now you put something that's foreign to them. And, you know, it might, during that practice session, you know, those 15, 20, 30 swings that you've got them going through, it, it, it works well. But then as soon as they get away, their hands go back to that uncomfortable position. And again, that's through lack of practice. Um, right. You know, they're just and, not. And, 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 yeah, and, and the grip is the hardest thing, in my opinion, to change with a player for the exact reasons right. you just talked about. So, yeah, so, well, the gri- the, so, so the grip basically is one of the last things that I will try to change on a player. I'll, right. I will try to work everything around. and Unless they're going to commit to me, they're going to practice and, and, you know, a couple of days a week and play golf. And, you know, you, we've all had the lessons where you see the guy and a month later he comes in so did you have time to practice? No. no. So you're basically starting all over again. So right. They, they always say no. You know. <laughs> well, well, what you know, been doing? I've, I've been I've been in my cabin up in the mountains. I've just been hanging out. Okay. Well, and, and then it goes back to what Chuck was talking about. You know, I think probably the best education I ever received in golf instruction. Uh, I worked uh, until I was probably in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, probably around 30, um, I got a job uh, in Naples, Florida. And I went mm-hmm. from a resort in North Florida where people could move to Naples where nobody could move. And right. I spent yeah. three years teaching <laughs> there, and it was absolutely amazing. And I, and I think Chuck made a great point. And regardless of what 3D motion, TrackMan, FlightScope, uh, the video says, the bottom <laughs> line is results. And sometimes something as simple as aiming somebody, you know, more to the right or taking somebody's club face and, and, and putting it in a more shut condition so they hit the yeah. hole is, is, is absolute. To them, it's pure genius. And to the golf instructor, it should be that simple. But all too often, yeah. we get stuck as instructors, especially early on in your career. You want to show the student how smart you are, and you want to tell them every, why you're so great with all this information when reality is they don't care. Uh, and in the interview process, if you ask them what they wanted to do and they said, I just want to stop hitting the ball to the right, they don't care what you do. As long as they leave the left and that ball going left, they're happy as planned. And, it's, and it would matter yep. if it's going 80 yards to the left. They're, as long as it's not going to the right, they're happy. And, and one right. other thing I'll say on this, and this, is, I, this took me a long time to realize, and I screwed up a lot of students in the interim, until I realized this point, I have students that hitting the ball left or right that would shoot between 90 and 100 that would that said, come to me, and they would say, I want to hit the ball to the left, would be happier shooting 
95 to, to 115 hitting the ball left than they would hitting the ball left or right. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is it's not always about score. It's not always about <clears throat> the perfect golf swing. It's about what the student wants. And Chuck said it perfectly when he said it's all about fixing the simplest thing to get the biggest impact. And that is teaching in a nutshell. And I think that when you're an old school teacher like he and I are and where we started, right. that's what you learn. It's not about making sure that your path is four degrees to the right every single time. It's about getting right. the goal. Well, and yeah. I'm going to, yeah, and, I'm going to, sorry, go ahead, Chuck. Go ahead. No, and I just want to add a little bit to that. And that's, and, and again, it, it, it's not a, certainly not a bash on technology because I use technology, but sure. at the same time, you know, uh, you, you, you can get all these perfect numbers and that person may not be able to play golf, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because Homer Kelly used to say, you can have a player in all the correct, whatever that means, positions, and they can still miss the ball. You know, Kenny right. Perry's path is nine degrees right with a six-degree closed club face. Now, that's that's three times more than the average on the PGA Tour. But if you try to get if you try to get Kenny to hit it three to the right and one and a half close, he couldn't play golf. Yeah. But the numbers sure look better. Well, and here's so the that, thing that, too. That's my whole point. Right. Here's the thing too. I think you also have to look at the individual, and I think this is what's. You know, for a while, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with with, uh, sort of the evolution of golf instruction, there was a period of time um, where I think, and I'm certainly not going to use a paintbrush and and broaden the stroke on everybody, but I think there was certainly a segment of the the golf instructional population that was trying to put everybody into the same box. You know, let's build this perfect swing. Let's get everybody these angles in in a certain position up at the top and so on and so forth. And I think what happens is they weren't taking into consideration that everybody's built differently. You've got tall players, short right. players, thin, you know, so on. And, and this is not a, 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 you know, meant to be a criticism to the golf industry, but I think that as technology was starting to, to sort of develop, this is what was starting the byproduct of, if you will. And, and I don't know whether you guys agree with that or not, but that was something that I noticed was that everybody was trying to, um, you know, corner everybody into the same block if you will and that's not always going to work yeah. because you know as you just pointed well, out with kenny perry right it, all, right. it actually it happened long before technology i mean i think sure. every teacher is guilty of pushing people into uh, a one-way or a my way type of uh, of environment sure and then as you get better for the, as an instructor you start to realize that you know what there's no two pj tour golf swings that look the same and no. there's a million ways to do it as homer said and as chuck said alluded to earlier you know, out of those, you know, quadrillion stroke patterns, you know, there's one that works for somebody. And, and I could personally care right. less if it's six degrees to the right or six degrees to the left, as long as it works consistently. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and as long as, as long as they're, as long as the ball's doing what they want to do, you know, you know, what, what mess with it? Just work on the short game, you know? I mean, I, yeah, and you, you know, we all get, we all get people that say, hey, I want to hit a draw. And my first question is, why? Well, it goes for it. No, it doesn't. If, if, all, your, if all your parameters are the same uh, via, via flight scope and track man, if all the parameters are the same, it's going to do exactly the same thing, whether it's fading or whether it's drawing. Right. Right, exactly. Um, I want to ask next, and Tom, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you on this one here. 
Um, talk about the differences. Is there first off, is there a difference between teaching players on the lesson tee, which some of the players were just talking about, compared to those out on tour? How do we do we teach differently to, to Joe Public than what we do to the guys on tour? It's a good question. Um, and, and you know, I, I will say that teaching tour players, um, good Lord, happen to give them whatever it is. And it is some sort of uh, hand-eye coordination that most people don't have and some sort of mental stability golf-wise that, that the average person does not have. And when they grab the golf club, they just seem to naturally hit it better and score better and play better than most of their peer group. Now, with that being right. said, that doesn't mean that they don't fall into the same traps that the average player does. You know, right. usually when you see tour players go incorrect um, – you know, Kenny Perry might be swinging too much to the right. Uh, Bruce Liskey might have been swinging too much to the left. But the bottom line is, with tour players, you you typically fight successes that they've had in the past. And let me let me explain that to you. If you take a guy like Phil Mickelson, for example, who's always had a very long, loose golf swing. You know, his rear knee has tended to bounce around. His club has tended to droop well past parallel. Uh, and, and you come to him and he, and you say, Phil, uh, I think you need to tighten up your golf swing. We need to give it a little bit more lower body stability. Uh, I want to keep the club from, uh, give it a little bit more stability up top. Um, and these, and it's going to do X, Y, and Z with tool players. See, the first thing he's going to look at you and say is, Hey, uh, didn't I, haven't I won like $8 billion swinging this way? Why should I <laughs> right. change? Um, so right. you're fighting the past successes. Uh, and you have to be very mindful of keeping their individuality in there as well as their feel. With the amateurs, um, you know, in, in, the, in the country club sector, uh, you know, you've got to give them something that they're very instant gratification oriented. Uh, where right. they, they spent, you know, we're in the, and, and this is where I might differ than, than, than other people. Um, I've, I've spent my last 10 years in, in very affluent upscale private clubs. So my members were, had spent more time up until they retired in their fifties and sixties making money and less practicing. So they were past an age where I can really do something. They were past the physiology level where I can do something with any great, uh, you know, it was very tough to lay out a very long practice plan and, 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 and things. So I spent a lot of time, working around issues that they weren't going to change for lack of practice or they couldn't change from physiology. So I think that's right. the difference, at least in my opinion, between tour players and, uh, and the average person. Well, and I well, think, and, yeah, and, and, and I, what I was going to add Joe, go very ahead. quickly, Chuck, and then I'll let you, you know, you raised an interesting point along that line earlier, Chuck, with respect to, you know, some of these older players coming um, you know, you're not going to reinvent the wheel with somebody that's coming in at, at you know, the 65. I mean, you can make some adjustments and modifications to improve a little bit as what they're doing and certainly make it more enjoyable. But you're not going to reinvent the wheel with a, a player that's coming in at 65, 70 years of age. It's just not make, going to make any right. sense. And, you know, they're just going to walk away frustrated and you're going to end up, you know, losing a, a, a customer. But, um so, you know, what Tom was just talking about here is, you know, you've got a, a segment of the population that, you know, spent the early part of their careers uh, developing a career and now, you know, want to 
enjoy you know a golf life if you will uh, as in the retirement but they haven't really put the time and, and effort in uh, in those earlier years getting you know building a golf game and all of a sudden they want to, miracles worked and you know what do we do with with players like that well and and, and it's it's like tom said i mean it's when you and i'll just give you i uh, i just uh, heard about this report that just came out recently that 79% of all the golfers that take lessons are aged 54 to 58 years old, 79%. So that means that those other 20% for round numbers uh, are, are all your younger guys, and most of them are actually juniors and ladies, younger ladies. Right. So when you, when you look at that, I mean, you know, I, I was stuck in that for, for a while. I mean, you know, you, you get someone that you think is uh, – you, you have this model – or not a model, but you have this this vision of what a golf swing should look like, and people come to your golf schools or whatever, and you're trying to get them to not necessarily hit positions, but to have certain locations of the club and body, and they're just people that cannot do that. So when they can't do that, you've got to be able to adapt pretty quickly. On 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 the tour side of things, I mean, I I, I have a guy that that you know he won his rookie year and. And uh, started, you know, he started. His, we call it rabbit ears on the tour. And Tom, you know what I mean. So they listen to everybody and anybody while they're out right. there, and their coach isn't there. So, or then they see somebody that, you know, in, in this guy's particular case, there's not uh, maybe two people on tour to hit it farther than he does, because uh, he hits it 330 dead straight. Um, Jeez. But so you so you start. You know, they, they they start listening to these players. They start watching these coaches, and pretty soon they got rabbit ears, and all this stuff is going through their head, and they're trying all these things, and they're getting away from what got them to where they are. Yeah. So, you, you know, you you have to be really careful, um, you know, with the guys that guys and gals that are out there playing golf for a living. Now, you know, if if they're in the if they're in the you know one fifty one fifty and, and below then, yeah, they're going to need some tweaking somewhere. But everybody that's in that exempt list at 125 and above, they pretty much got there because they already have a good golf game. And when something right. goes awry, it's typically not their full swing. They'll lose confidence in a certain club, or their short game starts not being what it needs to be. So, right. you know, like I said, you've you, you got to be careful about that stuff. And, and uh because they're doing it for a living, and, and their success depends on what you're giving them. If you start giving them too much information and you start showing them too many numbers, I mean, we, I can go down the list of tour players that I know as juniors were world beaters that that are not world beaters any longer because right. they got too technical with what they're doing instead of just swinging right. the golf club. Well, and, and this leads right into to my final question, guys, that I'm going to give you each a, a few moments to talk about. Um, and, and I'm going to target the collegiate golfers. Um, as we know, it can be quite vigorous, uh, rigorous uh, for some of the collegiate golfers out there, depending on where they're playing and, and how active they are. Um, how do you prepare players uh, at that level? Because um, they're, they're obviously not out on tour yet, but they're, they're at a, a, a highly competitive uh, age. How do you prepare them mentally for competition? What what would you do to to get them set up to to play uh, play their best golf from a mental standpoint, Tom? 
Well, I, you know, I'll have to defer to Chuck on this one because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I said, over the last 10 years, I didn't deal with that many uh, collegiate players. I just wasn't in the markets where we had a lot of collegiate players. So, okay. you know, I know what it is to, to, to deal with somebody that wants to play at a high level, uh, whether it be your, your club championship or, your, or, or a regional uh, amateur. But I, I never was around a, a lot of the college kids. So, you know, Chuck okay. spends a lot of time developing juniors uh, from the ground up. I'm talking from beginner all the way to getting college scholarships. Right. Uh, so, uh, Chuck, I'm going to defer to you on this one. That's more your expertise than mine. All right, yeah, Chuck. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's, it, it's um, you know, first the, the first most important thing, it has to be fun for them mm-hmm. uh, because as soon as they quit having fun, their, their desire and, and their, their practice regimens go away. So, you know, we, we have a, a process that we follow, you know, w- with our juniors and, and depending on where they are in that, in that development uh, chain, uh, it varies. But we make it fun. We make contests. We do a lot of on-course on stuff. They have a lot of drills that they have to do, long game and short game. And then we talk a lot about course management, uh, how to do your practice rounds, your, pre, your pre-tournament and your post-tournament settings. And then, you know, we deal a lot with what their thoughts are out there. So, in fact, I had this conversation just the other day uh, uh, with uh, uh, Brendan Cooper, who's a good friend of mine. He just got uh, a Midwest Section Teacher of the Year and was nominated to uh, uh, join the Golf Digest uh, Best Young Teachers. And one of the juniors that we had in Kansas City when I left, uh, he kind of took over. And that junior was, was a junior player of the year last year. In her, in her third year of playing golf, consistently breaks 80 and has also shot a career low of 68. But some juniors have, have, a, have a mental problem. Uh, well, so do adults, actually. I mean, I've got a huge <laughs> mental problem. So, uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, she, I watched this interview she did. She finished third this year in, in, in Missouri State Championships. And her interview, in her interview was she wanted to finish top five. And I go, what? That's not what you think. You have to think you're going to go out and kick somebody's butt, you know? You yep. can't be thinking, I want a top five. And she knows better than that. But that's the process. You have to always get them, you know, to be friends with everybody while we're on the tee, right? I mean, you can be friends with them. But when you get in competition, they're still your friend. But, but your job is to beat them. Your job right. is to beat everybody in the field. You don't go into a tournament thinking you're going to have a top ten or a top five finish. You go in thinking you're going to win every single event. Yeah. And you know, when you I, shake hands, yeah, when they introduce you and they say, uh, you're going to be playing with so-and-so today, you shake their hand and you tell them, you know, uh, play good today. And in your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to kick your butt. That's what you got to yeah. think. Well, it, it's almost like you have to you have to flip a switch, I think, at that at yeah. that moment. I think, like you said, you know, you have to be cordial and and um, you know, a, a lot of uh, the players that we've we've all grown up on, and Arnold Palmer and, and Nicholas, and that were always very cordial on the right. first tee in that. But then there came a point in time once they got in, into the heat of the round, that switch was flicked, and you know, now that it was competitive Jack or competitive Arnie or whatever the case may be, and uh, and it wasn't until that round was over, um, you know, did they sort of come back to, hey, you know, hope you had a good round sort of thing. You know what I mean? Right. No question. Right. And I will say that I mean, with the kids, 
in the uh, in, in the in the college setting, um, just from my experience, you know, I think Chuck hit the nail on the head. I mean, the bottom line is is I, I think more can be gleaned from course management, right. especially when you start talking about the top twenty five Division one schools for golf. Um, than than can ever be taught into them as far as their swings are pretty well set. Not that you can't sure. tweak things, not that you can't make things better, but but I see more mistakes on you know on wedges. You know, being a crappy wedge player for a guy that hits at 350, uh, yeah, right. a guy that hits you know hits 18 greens and 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 consistently has terrible lag putting, things like that. You know, um, uh, Josh Gregory uh, is a good friend of mine and Chuck. Uh, and he's, you know, he was the guy that took Augusta State to two back-to-back national titles, uh, right. and and he does a lot of player performance coaching uh, since he's left the college coaching ranks. And what he consistently says is that is that the difference between these great college players and the guys in the Web Tour and some of the guys in the Web Tour to the PJ Tour is they just don't think their way around the golf course the way they should, right. and they don't focus in right. on the right parts of their game. They stand out there, you know, a guy who hits a string straight 300 yards is banging drivers out there when, when you look at his, his, his shot length statistics, he's terrible from 100 to 120 yards. And, and Josh right. routinely tells me that you know, he'll go over their shot length statistics with them, and they'll go, God, I had no idea I was that bad. And, I'm, and, and it just baffles me. How could you be playing golf for a living or want to play golf for a living and have no idea <laughs> What you're, what you're good and what you're bad at, and not tailor your practice sessions around that. Well, right. I think, you know, and, and Puggy right. Black, Puggy Blackman down in South Carolina does the same thing. You know, Puggy's a good friend of mine. I mean, he, he's actually one of the founders and helped start the AJGA back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he he's was a legend. Tech, he was yeah. coaching. He was, yeah, he was a tech uh, coach at Georgia Tech forever. You know, mm-hmm. with, with Reimer, Billy McDonald, uh, uh, David Duvall, and those guys. You know, so. You know, when the, when those guys get to those D1 schools, they're already pretty good. And what you yeah. have to sharpen up is 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 their short game and their course management. That's the biggest things you got to work on. Well, if you yeah. look at, you know, arguably probably the the best player that ever played, Jack Nicholas. You know, in, in a lot of his interviews, if you ever really sort of let it soak in, you know, he talked about he was not. If you were look, to look at his stats compared to the guys in the PGA Tour today. He certainly didn't have the best short game. He certainly, uh, you know, no. he was a long ball hitter, but he always wasn't, you know, he certainly wasn't always the most accurate. But his course management abilities were so stellar that he was able to recover and able to get back in the game, if you will, um, from virtually any situation that he was faced with. And he knew mm-hmm. to think several holes ahead. He knew to plan and, and strategize ahead, if you will. Um, you know, he didn't have the, the perfect golf swing. I mean, and that day, a lot of people might have thought so, but if you were to analyze him today and compare him to some of the guys out on tour, as I mentioned earlier today, um, you know, it wouldn't stand up. But it was his ability to be able to think his way around the golf course that made him the champion that he was. Um, and, yeah, you know, he, he was a great, he was a great, he was a great putter, but not a very good wedge player until he no, worked with Phil way. Rogers. Yeah, right. And after he worked with Phil Rogers, his wedge play got a lot better, and it. It's not as what we see today. It never got no. that good, but but it was a lot better. And it was good enough to win all those events and majors. Exactly. Well, and not only and that is is Jack is the master 
and and this goes back to the technology thing that, that Chuck and I talked about earlier. Jack was the master of playing golf, the game of golf, not playing golf swing. And too many too many players today are focused in on making perfect golf swing. And that's exactly. never right. No, exactly. Right. Um, guys, I enjoyed the discussion tonight. Um, I'm going to end it on this note. Um, Tom, I'm going to let you go first. Um, just talk a little bit again about the uh, Vedanta uh, Golf Academies and, and the resorts. Uh, let everybody know where they can go and get more information on that. And then, Chuck, I'm going to let you update uh, where folks can get in touch with you as well for, uh, for your uh, facilities. Okay. Well, first of all, I appreciate you uh, having me on, and I, it's been a, a true treat to be on, and I enjoyed spending time with Chuck, that one of my favorite people and one of my mentors that for many, many years. So, uh, first of all, thank you. Second of You're all, welcome. you can find anything you want uh, regarding the Vedanta Golf Academies at TomStickneyGolf.com. That's S-T-I-C-K-N-E-Y.com or Vedanta.com, V-I-D-A-N-T-A. Uh, we're easily found on the web, uh, and if you do come to Mexico, we'd love to we'd love to have you. Um, if you are in the states, uh, look up Chuck Evans. I know he he can't say this, but I can. Look up Chuck Evans. Look up his golf school. Look at Chuck Chuck Evans' pedigree within this this wonderful game, and you will find one hell of a great instructor. So I'm telling you, if you're serious about your golf game, you need to find Chuck Evans because if it wasn't for him and it wasn't for the knowledge that he imparted with me with the golf machine. I wouldn't be half the teacher I am today. And I say that whether Chuck's on the line or not. So I can't thank him enough. Right. And I can't thank uh, you know, him for being honest enough to give me his, his recommendation. So thank you very much, Chuck. Perfect. You, and, and Chuck? You know, it, it's uh, – uh, I'm going to tell you one brief little story. Uh, the first time Tom and I talked, he was in Memphis, Tennessee, and I saw something that he had posted about the golfing machine, which just wasn't quite right. So I called him, and uh, we, we, we had a little talk, and, and he was quite young at the time. And uh, uh, I think he was a little disturbed that I would call him and, and to tell him, you know, it really works kind of this way. And, and it wasn't, <laughs> I know exactly it wasn't, what you're talking about, too. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't to, to shut him down or anything. It was to try to help him understand it better. So right. you know, Tom and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, he's been trying to get me to come down to Mexico, and you know I'm not far. I mean I'm right on the border here in Arizona. So, mm-hmm. but everybody can find out anything about me on my website, ChuckEvansGolf.com. There's a phone number. There's a contact. There's a schedule a lesson button. I mean everything's right there. So you can you can do all that by just going to ChuckEvansGolf.com. And you know I I appreciate you know Tom's helped me a lot over the years with with his uh, acumen as far as his business knowledge and things like that. And uh, I'm I'm still looking, however, T for that place that gives me a three hundred thousand dollar retainer. I haven't found it yet. So uh, as soon as you, as soon as as soon as you can work that out, let me know. Okay. I, I think your name has to be Harmon or Foley for that to happen. Right. Well. Yeah, I think hmm. I think we're all looking for that. Um, gentlemen, say, I, I think we're talk. I think we're both in trouble. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, thank but, yeah, you very and much. I, I, and I appreciate I appreciate be, yeah appreciate being on the sh- on the show again, Ted. And I always look forward to doing it with you. And anytime you want us uh, individually or together back on, just let us know. We, I know I'd be more than happy to do it. So. Always well, well always, I, in, always interested. Well, I think we'll we'll have to make that a date and and uh, maybe early in the new year um, get everybody 
fired up again uh, in, in early spring. We'll have to do that. Um, just let me very quickly say this, guys. Uh, first off, thank you very much. Uh, as I said earlier in the program before you came on, um, you know, I, I know how difficult it is sometimes for, for people to come on the show, especially after a long day's uh, work and teaching and, and so forth. You're tired and you just want to sort of uh, get settled in for the evening. So I appreciate very much you guys giving of your time and, and sharing uh, your thoughts and input about the game uh, with my audience. So th- thank you uh, again for that. And um, I- I'm going to be sending out Chuck uh, and-, and Tom. I'm going to throw you in the mix as well if you're interested. Um, a couple things. I'm going to be obviously lining up some, some shows obviously for- as we get into the new year. Uh, but also I'm going to be sending out the Coach's Corner schedule uh, for 2017. And I'd love, Chuck, of course, for you to jump in, as always, uh, on a few if you can. And, Tom, I would like to invite yeah. you to get in on, on a panel discussion. And if you want to coordinate and come on the same time, that, that's fine with me. Um, but uh, I, I would love to have you guys come back on again, and, and we'll talk about some other uh, areas that, uh, that are of interest in, in golf. But in, in the meantime, uh, thank you very much and i'm going to try and make my way down to mexico too here uh before too long it sounds it looks like a great facility i haven't been there myself but uh from what i've seen tom it looks like a, a phenomenal facility and i'm i'm very envious uh of you at the moment for for what a great uh a great setup you have there yeah, we're very lucky. everybody uh, wants every <laughs> everybody i know wants to be tom stickney so yeah <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I was getting ready to say the last thing i'll say and i'll let you guys go you know, Chuck, we've known each other for a long time, and the one thing that, that, that Chuck knows more so than probably anybody else is Chuck knew me when I had hair. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that was quite That's the robust head of hair, too. I don't know what happened. I I got skipped in the hair gene pool anyway. Well, yeah, anyway, yeah, thank you okay. so much. I, I'm close behind right. you, uh, Tom, so don't worry, but I'm, mine's uh, thinning out pretty fast here myself. Guys, again, thank you very much. Uh, I mean that sincerely. Uh, I appreciate you giving of your time. And, and uh, as I said, I know it's not always easy uh, in, in situations, but uh, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight and sharing uh, your thoughts with my audience. All the best. Thank you, Ted. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay, that was my very special guest, uh, Tom Stickney and uh, Chuck Evans, uh, a great couple of uh, teacher professionals. And uh, thank you guys for, for coming on, as I said uh, and sharing uh, your thoughts with my audience. Um, I, again, I apologize very quickly for those of you who maybe tune in a little bit later in the broadcast. Uh, normally start the show out the first hour with uh, Coach's Corner, and uh, un- regrettably, uh, both Clint and Anthony uh, had to uh, to cancel literally last minute. Um, and uh, Well, actually, I wasn't too sure about Clint there for a while, but um, ultimately he ended up getting in touch with me uh, throughout the show and, and uh, expressing his uh, um, condolences and apologies for, for having to uh, to not show tonight. But uh, uh, both had very, very uh, good reasons and uh, uh, certainly no no hard feelings. But, uh, Clint, I'm, I'm definitely going to um, hold you uh, <laughs> to, your, uh, <laughs> to your thought that you owe me one, so you will. Uh, believe me, I'll hold you to it. Uh, but, guys, thank you very much, uh, as always, for tuning into Golf Talk Live, and I appreciate um, – all of your support over the years and I want to just give a, a quick uh, shout out to a couple of people uh, and, and thank them uh, for all of their continued support uh, for the show um, as I mentioned earlier Jonathan Laird from South Coast Golf Guide go to southcoastgolfguide.com uh, Jonathan thank you for all of your continued support uh, Meredith Kirk as I mentioned earlier as well from Meredith Kirk Golf um, she's a great LPJ professional uh, out in the Myrtle Beach area uh, Mr. Bernie Pinder from Ontic Golf, onticgolf.com. 
uh, a great uh, uh, developer of uh, customized putters at ontogolf.com. Uh, Mr. Sean Kelly, owner of linkedgolfers.com, a uh, great social media site. And also Nikki and Tiffany Litherland. Uh, Nikki is, of course, a, a golf professional and his lovely wife, Tiffany. Thank you for all of your continued uh, support on the show as well. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Peter Doyle from Doyle Golf Solutions over in Ireland. Thank you, everybody, uh, again, for tuning in. And I will be back next week with, uh, for sure, Coach's Corner and another great guest. So make sure you tune into Golf Talk Live next week. Thank you, everybody, and God bless.